one of the things that worship leaders actually struggle with is their own spiritual life and their own spiritual welfare. We get in production mode. It's like, okay, I got to go make sure this thing happens for Sunday. I got to go sit in this meeting and I got to go do that thing. And then, and your spiritual life can really actually fall to the wayside. What's up, everybody? This is Matt McCoy. I'm your host for today's Loop Live. Thanks for joining us. We're going to be trying a couple of new segments here over the next couple of months, one of them being a Loop Live show that is going to be streamed to Facebook and YouTube Live, and it's also going to be on our podcast. We're going to be doing a bunch of interviews with artists, with different worship companies, with worship leaders, with community members from Loop Community, and we're going to be talking all things worship leading. We're going to be talking about technology and worship and basically anything else that we kind of start talking about. It's going to be a great great time. So thank you guys for joining us for Loop Live. Today we have a great show. I've got my friend on here, Jason Hootsma. And it might be Houtsma. I'm going to ask him that when he comes on here. But Jason is the founder of worshipartistry.com, which they do uh, tutorial videos for worship songs. And they teach your band how to play the parts, the acoustic guitar part, the bass part, the drum part. And you can learn everything you need to know about the worship song at Worship Artistry. So today we're going to be talking about uh, getting better as musicians and getting better as worship leaders. And I'm looking forward to this conversation with Jason. So without further ado, let's go ahead and bring Jason in. We'll see you soon. Jason, what's up? Hello. Thanks for joining us. It is Houtsma. It is Houtsma. You were right. Oh my gosh. Okay. Jason Houtsma. (laughs) <laughs> Jason, where are you coming from? I am up in uh, in Bellingham, Washington, all the way up in the very corner of the United States, about 20 minutes from Canada, right on the water. I hear you're having a heat wave there right now. Yeah, it's like 80 degrees, which is very hot for us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was like 106 degrees there. And the, well, the, the way that Washington works is on the west side of the mountains, it's all green and rainy and, and you know, what you think of like with Seattle. And then on the eastern side which is where I'll be going in a couple of weeks. That's where it's like 100 degrees in okay. the desert. It's, it's so weird, man. You cross the mountains and all of a sudden the trees just kind of stop. And it's a different kind. It's beautiful, but it's a different kind of beauty. Yep. I love Washington. And I love worship <laughs> artistry. And I love helping worship that's leaders uh, just improve at their craft and helping worship teams improve their craft. I know that's a passion of yours with worship artistry. Jason, why? Let's talk about this. Why is it important for worship musicians to continue to grow? Because I think that sometimes worship musicians, we kind of can get easily just like, hey, I know how to do this. We just kind of push the buttons the same way and play the same four chords over and over, just move the capo a little bit. You know, we can kind of get into this rut of just doing what we've always done because it works every weekend. But why should we continue to grow as musicians? Well, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head when you say that you get into a rut. But ruts are not fun. They're not fulfilling. They're not inspiring. Nobody gets excited about getting into a rut. Nobody's like striving for, all right, man, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing. and It's going to feel great in 10 years. You know, you know, for a long time in worship for myself, I spent a lot of time going through that cycle of like getting involved, getting over involved, burning out, crashing, needing to step away, resting for a while and getting back in. And a lot of that, you know, a lot of that was I was not self-regulating and being careful and like 
understanding what my limits were. I didn't know how to recognize when the wall was coming, that sort of thing. Um, but also because it was, if you're not progressing, you're not really, it's not very fulfilling. It's just not like we all love to worship. We all have the idea in our mind that like worship is the greatest privilege. I should just adore this every time, you know, and we do. It is. It's an amazing privilege. It's a gift to be able to do it. But nobody got on the worship team to struggle through, you know, a chord chart every week and play the same five songs. Like we did it because we love music. We love to play music. And there is a world in which we keep getting better and we keep learning things from the songs that we're doing rather than just kind of doing the same old thing. And, and it's just that rut is not life giving. And so that's kind of like my number one answer in terms of why you should keep improving is because it's fulfilling to you. It's more fun. I totally can relate to that. I mean, I've been leading worship <laughs> for 20 years and you know, you kind of know how to play. I know how to play all the chords and play all the songs. And I sometimes actually just get bored. Like I'll sit down with my guitar at home and I start playing and I just play the same songs or, you know, the, using the same chord uh, shapes and it actually can get kind of boring and stale. And you're just like, gosh, I need something new. And that's why, you know, I start looking for a new song or maybe like a new way to play a chord or, um, you know, I mean, just something fresh because I do think that it makes it more fulfilling and it will increase the likelihood that you're going to continue to do it, right? If, you, if it doesn't get like... For sure. And that's my, my, my past My pastor, that question he often asks is like, well, where's the life at for you right now? Kind of recognize that we go through different seasons in life. You know, sometimes, you know, when, we, when we've got little kids, we're pulling our hair out we love them but we're pulling our hair out most of the time you know and you know then your kids like right now i've got a 14 year old and 11 year old and it's, it's a sweet spot but we're heading into high school and it's like i have to have different priorities and there are those different seasons and it's like when you're actually enjoying something and and being a part of it you just kind of want to keep going and you yeah. want to be able to adjust what you're doing with those seasons of life yeah those new songs, new ways of playing things can kind of add a whole new fresh element and give you some new momentum. So what would you say for a new worship leader, like someone maybe that is, has brand new at doing this, what's a good way for them to improve their craft? I, I always, you know, we, we call it worship artistry because the goal is to actually have artistry and involve creativity. But yet we teach the songs the way that they're done on the record. We arrange them so that they sound like the record. Um, and there's kind of two steps to, I think, being a musician. There's being able to copy, and then there's being able to create from that. And being able to copy well is an important part of that process. I think, you know, it's like, we, we, you know, we, we joke around, like, you know, 15-year-olds are like, I just found, I invented this chord, you know? And you're like, actually, that sounds really bad. You're kind of making something up there that, you know, music's been done for a long time, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and so being able to copy good things that are out there and understand, because that helps you understand how, how bands work. A lot of musicians haven't played with a band before. I mean, I've taught guitar for 20-something years now, and you know, I have, I've had so many kids and stuff that come in, and they're, they sit down, and it's like, well, who are you playing with? Well, nobody. They just don't have that experience. So, so being able to copy what somebody is doing in a band, which is kind of what, we, what our main focus is initially, um, that gets you comfortable. That gets you kind of fluent in the language of what's happening. Um, I feel like music is a language. And when you understand and you're confident in that language, then you can say, you can put things into whatever kind of words you want, but you're not in that space of, of just like rote memorization, you know? And so 
first we copy, and then from there, that gives us a whole palette of color to work with when we with what we're painting, you know? Yeah, that's such a great point. Because there's so many YouTube videos out there, too, that you could like, even also search and watch, like, about how to run tracks or how to use a certain guitar pedal, or you can watch all the videos on Worship Artistry. And <clears throat> I think for when I was, for me, when I was growing as a worship leader, I remember when I was, like, a middle schooler, right, I would follow around the main worship leader at our church and just like copy everything he did like I remember like putting the cable on the same way he did and wearing the strap the same way he did and putting the inner monitors the same way he did like just copy and it kind of at least gets you up to speed so that you can you know what you're doing and you can like actually uh, but then you can kind of improve and grow on that and there are unlimited amount of resources out there that you could use to help you copy in a way if you're just getting started you can learn like how does that guy like play that chord or how does this person like use this guitar pedal to get that delay sound or whatever there's so many ways right. to do that that's a really really good good advice jason i was just gonna say it's, it's so hard um i think especially when you're first learning like i remember learning guitar and i was the same way like i used to say like guitar ruined concerts for me for years because i would end up just staring at the guitar player and trying to understand what he was doing and because one of the things that's difficult you see you know you're saying like oh, there's all this stuff all over the internet one of the things that's really difficult about the internet is that anybody can put things on there. So for example, there are, there's a lot of bad copies <laughs> of songs out there, you know? Yeah, you're right. I always, I always, when, so, you know, take, take a song like Blackbird, okay? We all know Blackbird. If you learn it on the, if you learn it on the internet, I can almost guarantee you, you play it this one way. Yeah. That's the wrong way. Because that's how I first learned it, because that's what all the tabs said. And I, then as I got older, I'm like, that is, that's not the note. That, that does not right. It's almost right, but it's not it, you know? And so because you have this like really varied input, which is good in a lot of ways, because you can learn different ways to do it. But if you're sitting there going like, well, somebody just say, yeah, just play this G chord. And you're like, well, actually it's not a G chord. It's actually capoed, you know, up on the, uh, you know, whatever it would be the seventh fret. And it's actually played like a C shape. All of a sudden you start getting different things that you can work with, but it's understanding kind of where that comes from and going like, oh, I want to, there's something really satisfying about that. I've like playing it and going like, yes, that sounds like the song, <laughs> you know, like you can hear all those little nuances. Totally. It is, it takes observation. Like you've got to mm-hmm. really also be listening to the music and trying to understand, you know, why they're doing what they're doing and how they're doing it. I think uh, <clears throat> one of the also biggest things you could do is just like go to a rehearsal, even if you're not playing. And just sit mm-hmm. and watch and listen and just observe. And, but I think also like getting as much experience as you can, like out there, like get like try to play in worship as much as possible, is another uh, way I think that you try can and play. Out. Try and play anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like different different things. I think sometimes the ruts that we get into, and it's funny because it's like I run a worship website teaching people to play worship songs, and I'm always like, listen to other stuff because. That, those are the pieces that actually get you creative, right? It's like, it's one thing to be able to copy and to be able to like, oh, that's really cool and I understand how that works. But if your ear is only tuned to a certain sound or a certain, you know, this is the way it needs to be, if you get in that space, that's when you start kind of dying on the vine a little bit. You know, it's like, it's getting those other influences and, and, and pulling other things in that I think get, get you fired up to keep going. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so let's talk about the experienced worship leader. <clears throat> so there's someone who's been leading worship for 20 years, like myself or something, right? And mm-hmm. it can be so easy when you've been doing it for so long just to go on cruise control 
and just be like, well, right. we know how to do this. I've played the song a million times. I know the chords. I know the lyrics. And you can just kind of just cruise and just do what you do. Like, how can an experienced yeah. worship leader, is, there, is it different than for a new worship leader? How can an experienced worship leader grow in their craft and not get in that stuck of just being on the uh, cruise control, you know, doing the same thing every single Sunday? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I'm in that spot, right? Like, I've been leading worship for 20 years. I, you know, I joke around with my pastor all the time. I'm like, I can phone it in if I want. Like, yeah. it's going to be, it'll be fine. And they, I, mean, I, don't, I don't get paid the big bucks, but I always say that's why I get paid the big bucks is because like, like I can put it together in a short amount of time and know, what, know how it's going to go. But I find once you're, and, you know, people probably argue with me about this on like which comes first, and it, it probably goes in a circle. Um, a loop, if you will. Uh, but like, once you are proficient at music, then you don't have to think about music anymore, right? Like that start part becomes natural. And I think that like the worship leader that I am now, I mean, is very different than the worship leader that I was, you know, 20 years ago. I play music really differently. Like I just, I think as you get got, like you, if you keep going and you keep trying to be creative, you know, learning songs like they are like, like I get, so I go and I teach these songs, right? I've taught 500 something songs on worship artistry. And I've spent all this time trying to dial them in and really make them and, you know, put them in a way that they, that, that, that they'll fit for a band. Right. <clears throat> but then once I'm done doing that, like, I don't really want to do that anymore. <laughs> you know, like yeah. the amount of time that goes into that. So I take those songs and then I bring them to my team and we play with them and change them. And I think about them that way. So there's some creativity there. Um, but also, I think, kind of going back to the loop thing, like, like you can keep pushing yourself musically, but honestly, I think the place where you keep pushing yourself is how are you mentoring other people? How are you serving your, your own community? Like, if you've got the chords locked away, if you've got the parts locked away, if the muscle memory is there, then you can kind of start building your spiritual muscle memory more. I played guitar long before I taught guitar, right? Like, but I got to a point where, like, I can teach this. And I think worship leaders, if they get later on in life, it's like, okay, it's time for you to impart what you've learned and start encouraging other people and raising other people up. And I, and honestly, like that's not really a musical thing, but I think it's the important thing. I think as worship leaders, that's what we're, we're really called to do. And yeah. you can use a tool like worship artistry to do that. <laughs> Leadership. I want to jam on that actually in a minute here. That's going to be sure. my next question. I want to talk about that. But before we, we jump to that, talking back to like the worship leader who maybe is just in cruise control, it almost comes down to a choice, doesn't it? Like, you can choose to be the guy who just like throws your car into cruise control and just you right. know kind of hangs out in the back and just checks out, or you could be the guy who is changing lanes, getting the fast lane <laughs> sometimes, getting the slow lane sometimes. Like you, and that's a choice that you make. And I right. think if you're a worship leader who maybe you're you feel right now that you're maybe in the cruise control, like you can make a choice to like turn that cruise control off and start to learn and start to grow. And I think maybe 100%. the biggest part of that choice is by choosing to never stop growing. And so one example I think in that would be like vocally, you know, like worship leaders could be like, right. oh yeah, this is just my voice and this is the way it is and this is the way that, you know, I'm not, it's, it's just gonna get better by me just doing it more, which is true. But right. I think a lot of times worship leaders just completely forsake, you know, vocal training. And I think for the rest of my life, like, I think that I'm going to need vocal lessons. <laughs> and that's all because totally. I'm also not given the most amazing voice in the world. But I think that that is something that you constantly need to be like improving on and, and training in and, 
and exercising that muscle, so to speak. You know, whether totally. that muscle be like your guitar chords and your strumming patterns or like keyboard and like maybe like being able to play melodies while you sing or something. Like that's all something that's a muscle that needs to be exercised. So it's like a choice of wanting to grow. Right. Well, and that pays off. Like it's there. Uh, it's funny you say that about the voice thing because like I'm the same way. Like I've, you know, I grew up around people that were these amazing singers. I never even opened my mouth to sing until I was in my 20s. Uh, like Ben Wilco changed my life because I was like, oh, I don't need to uh, sound like an American Idol star. I can have I can have a different kind of voice. And so I started yeah. leaning into like, okay, what is my voice, right? So I've been singing now for like 20 years, and, and I swear, like over the over the pandemic, like just by being because we did what we did is I was just at home and I would record these little solo sets and I'd set up microphones and just we'd shoot a video and then it's like, here it is guys. And it was just a different environment, but because I was able to keep hearing it and was recording and practicing all the time, I was much more aware of how I sounded. And I swear I opened up a register in my voice. I don't even know if register is the right word, like a, maybe timbre or something that was just like, that eliminates this thing I've always hated. And it literally just gave me like a whole step in my vocal range just by continuing yeah. to tweak and go like, I don't like that. I want to fix that. I want to do that. You know, like, yeah. Hey, it's, you know, I wish that happened 20 years ago, but it, 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 it wasn't going to happen. But it's like, I could have just been like, yeah, this is how it is, man. You know, it just takes being curious and wanting, being willing right. to try new things. Like a couple of two tips for that. I've, that have helped me is I will, when I play a song, I will change the capo position than what I usually do it in, or I won't use a capo. Totally. And that forces me to then play like a totally different, you know, right. Play it in a different key, basically, or play the chords yep. differently. So, like, change the capo. If you use in your capo two on that song, capo four, <laughs> and then you have to play right. something totally different. <laughs> but that can kind of change it up for you and get you uh, trying to do things. Um, I also try to uh, change, like, if I change the key, like literally, like if I usually play a song in B, just start playing it right. in C, and that also can, will stretch like my vocals. Uh, it'll stretch my guitar playing. So those are just some quick tips. So what areas would you say other than music are important for worship leaders to grow in? And you hinted on it a little bit with leadership, yeah. but I'd be curious if there's other areas that you think that's important for worship leaders to grow in. You know, one thing, it's so weird to even say it, but I think one of the things that worship leaders actually struggle with is their own spiritual life and their own spiritual welfare. You know, we get in the mode of, we get in production mode. It's like, okay, I got to go make sure this thing happens for Sunday. I got to go sit in this meeting and I got to go do that thing. And then, and if you're a part-time worship leader, you also have a job and everything else you have to do, family and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, your spiritual life can really actually fall to the wayside. And I had, I mean, I had a, a real kind of awakening about, I guess about three years ago. Um, and the long story, but, uh, what it came down to, though, was that I just, I hadn't been nurturing my spiritual life. I was doing, I was Martha. I was just working, 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 working for God. And I was thinking about God, but I wasn't taking time to speak to God and listen to God. And so I just kind of, I changed up my, my rhythm and my routine and just started like, this is how I start the day. And I would just spend time just listening, praying, reading, realizing that that's a really important part. Like I had so much more to give, so much more inspiration, uh, more insight, more vision, 
just by waiting on the Lord and letting him to direct me rather than just being like, we're, we're good. Right. Like we'll just keep going and you'll let me know if I'm off the path, you know, like, so I think spiritual life and spiritual growth is super important. Um, I, you know, I think as you get older too, like it's kind of finding where those, where those things are, you know, some people like we're all designed differently, right? God designed us all differently. And, you know, some people are going to want to dig more into like, theology and like dig more into books and questioning and, and all that kind of stuff. And I've had that season in my life. I'm more in the zone of kind of like, yeah, I, I think, I think what I understand is that I don't understand and like being kind of okay with that mystery, but letting God kind of lead the way. Um, and so spiritual life, I think is really important. I think it's the most important thing. We have nothing to give if we don't take time to receive. Yeah. The mentorship, like being an intentional mentor, you know, like, you were saying you followed around your worship leader and we're doing everything that he was doing. Like people, kids look up to us. Like they just do. And it's like, I think sometimes we're looking for that next, like, Oh, you know, this, this guy who's, you know, the weekend warrior and he can, he can play on the team and great. He's already really good. Right. But like, where's that next, where's that kid that kind of only knows a couple chords? Like, what are we doing for that kid? Are we, do we have our eyes on that kid? Are we watching for them and like, and going, Hey, let me, let me mentor you. Let me pull you alongside. Let me encourage you, man. I would not be doing anything that I'm doing if I hadn't had people go, yeah, man, good stuff. Do it again next week. You know, like, come on. Like I would have never opened my voice, my mouth to sing if somebody hadn't said to me, oh, it sounds good. Yeah. Like I didn't believe it sounded good. And honestly, truth is it probably didn't sound that good, but I had somebody who could hear and go, if you develop this, this will sound good. You need that confidence now, you know? So I think mentoring is a big part of it. Um, and then obviously just, you know, caring for your team and caring for your congregation, like knowing what's going on in your congregation. I think the more that we get proficient at music, the more we can take on other things because we, we're already confident in, in this area, right? And as we become more confident in different areas, then we can take on more stuff. Man, that was so good. I completely <laughs> agree with you in that we need to be looking out for the younger Jason, you know, the younger Matt, right. like we were all in that position and I feel like sometimes we can end up getting the stage and then you kind of just like for, forget about it. You start hogging the stage basically, but we need to be looking right. out for like those younger kids who were like just getting started and be pouring into them and doing the same for them as someone did for us. Cause you're right. The only reason I'm doing what I'm doing is because a guy named Micah at our church, I didn't even know how to play guitar. And this guy named <laughs> Micah came up to me and he's like, I think that you should learn how to play guitar and I'm going to teach you. And he was a worship leader at our church and he like taught me how to play guitar and he started teaching me how to lead worship and like taught me how to make a set list. And I mean, I'd never had even thought of it before. And right. this guy saw something in me. I don't know what he saw. And he was just like, let me, let me train you. Let me, let me help you. And it changed my whole life. And we can do that for right. other people. That is we so huge. Can. Um, and we do, you know, I'll just drop this in here real quick. So the guy who, like worship artistry was was started around my dining room table because I had had the guitar player who had been in my church forever when I was growing up, but I was always looking up to it. Oh, it's a cool Les Paul, and he always let me use his gear. You know, like he just like, yeah, go ahead, you guys should practice. Come on in, you can use all my stuff. I didn't know how to. Use, I remember I thought I broke his tube amp because I didn't understand how a standby switch works, and I was like, oh no, you know, like. Yeah. But he just encouraged me like all along the way, and then like years later we ended up starting worship, worship our street again, you know? And so it's just those pieces, like they can change, a, they can change a person's life. They can put you on a completely different trajectory. And it doesn't even take a lot. 
at least for me, it didn't take a lot. It was just a little spark that ignited a flame that just kept growing and growing and growing. Like, this mm-hmm. guy, it wasn't like he had to, like, stick with me for years and years and years. Like, he just met with me, like, on a Wednesday night for, like, a couple months and, like, got me going. And then once I was yeah. going, he, he, like, disappeared, literally. I, I never saw him yeah. again. He didn't come back <laughs> to the youth group. And, like, but it's all it took. A very small investment for a huge return, and you can do that for someone. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'll be forever grateful. So how can worship pastors pour into their volunteers and teams to help them improve? So let's just say you've got you know, your worship team. Maybe it's a student worship band. Maybe it's the band for your main service. How can a worship yeah. leader, as the leader, help your team get better? You know, I, th- I, think, it's a, I think it's a couple things. I think... Um, I mean, part of this is why we started worship artistry. Like that's really was the goal. You know, I spent a lot of times as a worship pastor having to tell people like, yeah, you're just not there yet and having nowhere to, to help them. You know, um, like I, I look at worship artistry as a way to almost kind of like, we're good guys, but like you can kind of make us the bad guy. Hey, you know what? Let's just work on this one song. I know you guys all want to just play whatever, but on this one song, we're going to learn the heart of worship. And we're all just going to play it like this. And what that does is it, it gives people a framework. I think a lot of worship, and not, I realize not everybody does this. Like, I, I, I often think of my own church experience, and it's like, obviously, there's, there's some bands that I've been in that are incredible, right? And it's just like, yeah, go crazy. Um, but there's a lot of other scenarios where I've been in where that's not the, the case, you know? The drummer doesn't know that, hey, man, I really just kind of need you to keep the same kick pattern through the whole verse, like changing in the chorus, <laughs> you know, not every measure, um, you know, learning how to play together, um, all those sorts of things. Like, I think, I think having a way to, like, a way to teach into that and to say, like, because the thing about worship artistry, like, we could have just gone, like, when we first started it, we could have just been like, here's how you play it, like a a playthrough video done. We worked out the licensing for that. We could do that. But I'm like, I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher who happens to play guitar and lead worship. And it's like, and I know that you have this question because I've taught like hundreds of students. I've sat one-on-one with them and I'm like, I know where the struggle is going to be here. And so, you know, we kind of pick out those things and really try and made it a tool that we could, that actually can coach people. Like the amount of things that, that of things that people respond and say, I have gotten so much better yeah. over the last year and a half because just from doing this, right? Um, I'm not trying to fix well, that thing, like whatever, it's, that's what we do. But anything that you can do to give people some wins, you know, to feel good. Like I just, my whole thing is like, I just want my worship team to have those musical moments that keep them coming back and go, and that was awesome when we did that thing. And yeah, for yeah. me to be able to speak into that, to lead them there, and also to be able to speak into that and say, like, recognize it with them. I don't know if that makes sense. I kind of meandered no, there totally. a little bit. But. Well, let me, let me throw you at this at you. We've all got this guy on our team who's, like, resistant to that. Like, <laughs> we've got Ron, right? He shows up. I know exactly morning, what he looks like. And <laughs> he just, like, he never listened to any of the parts before he even showed up. He didn't even look at the set list probably until he got there on Sunday right. morning. And, you know, Ron's been playing music for 40 years because he used to play with his, like, uh, bar band back in the day. And, uh, you know, he gets all of his guitar stuff out and just, he plays it how he wants to play it. He doesn't play the part. Right. He plays his part. You know? Right. 
forget Hillsong's part. We're using Ron's part. Right. And then also, <laughs> you know, Ron doesn't want to, you know, how do you get someone like Ron, who's probably resistant to like sitting down and spending five hours a week watching worship artistry videos? How do you get Ron <laughs> to watch worship artistry videos and actually learn a part? You know, it's, I'll tell you what, I like in my own life, it's challenging. You know, I've, I know who I've, I've, when you say Ron and you talk about that guy, I actually have a picture of a person in my mind that I used to play with. Um, I think, I think within those scenarios though, like communication is really important. And Ron, Ron needs to feel like, like you care about him and you also care about the team. And Ron needs to understand that when the whole team works on something and he just decides to do his own thing, that that actually hurts the team, that that kind of like, it, it minimizes their efforts, right? Because they all tried to do this thing. They're all trying to create something together. And Ron, I appreciate that you're really good at this and you just want to uh, solo in the key of E for the whole time. But that's not, that's like, that's not what the team needs, you know? And, you know, so I think, in, but, but I think if that's like a, a comment over here about, you know, during practice or at the, whatever like that's that's a hey man hey ron let's go out and spend some time together like let's go out to lunch i'd love to talk to you about yeah. like the vision for this team and like your role with like you're a leader ron people are looking at you you've got all this experience like but when you just sidetrack us forever like See? I, I appreciate that you want to play back in black every time we pause but like i need you to, to not do that you know yeah and those right there those are the ninja skills for worship <laughs> like you could you could have the best voice in the world be the best musician in the world you know be able to sing through a worship set the best ever in the world but if you don't have the people skills and the leadership skills i feel right. like that's a huge part of leading worship and like coaching a team and people and you know i've a couple weeks ago i had this kid uh want to go to coffee with me he's getting ready to go to college and he was asking me about um what he should major in. And his plan, he wants to be in worship. He wants to lead worship. Mm-hmm. And his plan was to major in worship. And I'm like, dude, and this, I'm going <laughs> off on a little soapbox here, okay? This is okay, my personal it. little yeah. soapbox here. I am I totally anti, and I don't know, I don't know if you went to worship school or not. No. I am personally anti getting a worship degree because anybody can lead worship. Anybody can learn how to play guitar and sing and, and lead worship. I told the guy, I was like, if you're gonna be a worship leader, if you really wanna be a worship leader, then go to school for, uh, like get a degree in theology. <laughs> like learn the Bible, learn, yeah. learn why we even worship, L- learn like the pastoral side of it. You don't need to like go to school to like learn how to make a worship set. Like you can learn right. that just by ment- by following <laughs> the worship leader online, around the church guys. and being an intern. <laughs> you don't need to spend two hundred thousand dollars to become to do that. But what you should do is spend that two hundred thousand dollars and take classes on leadership, on communication, on building a team, on theology, learning the Bible. Like that stuff will make you a rock solid worship leader. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah, like we've done people. Uh, a really big disservice by referring to worship leaders as worship leaders. Like I take the worship pastor part of my title incredibly seriously. It matters. It matters. I'm a worship pastor. I am not a worship leader. 
Um, and, and those are, I think those are different skill sets, but I think a lot of times we, we, we glom onto the talent. We see somebody who has musical talent and we're like, you have musical talent, come and be this leader, but they don't have any leadership talent or they haven't developed leadership skills or they haven't developed their spiritual life. Right. We, we, we treat these guys like it's so bizarre yeah. to me. Like I, whenever we That's talk about like worship out. leaders, yeah. Like, or we talk about like celebrity worship leaders. I'm like, that doesn't even compute in my brain because worship leaders are waiters, man. Like that's the level that we're at in the kingdom. Like we just, we're waiters, you know, like you love your waiter. Your waiter comes and serves you is like preparing food for you. And is like, I want you to have this great time and this great experience. And I want you to focus on how great the food is. You're not like, man, that way I need to get that waiter's autograph. And I feel like that's where worship leaders are. In, in the in the grand scheme of things, but it's, you know now I'm on my soapbox. But it's but if we idolize that, if we treat people like celebrities all the time, we get, and then we're so shocked that like oh so and so fell, so and so had an affair, or so and so's church fell on fire, so and so like because yeah. we didn't cultivate the important stuff, the ninja skills, as you would say. I'm yeah. gonna steal that. I'm gonna use that all the time now. I think <laughs> I really do think that that's why you know these young worship leaders are getting put into church jobs and then they're gone in a couple years because, you know, yeah. they come out of like a worship school and they've learned how to like play guitar and like wear, wear the cool clothes and like put a set list together and like have the, have the vibe on stage. Right. But they have zero pastoral skills. They don't know the Bible. They've right. like never read through the Bible. They <laughs> don't know <laughs> anything about how to lead people. They don't know anything about how to like get along with your senior pastor about how to, about uh, building the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of a uh, like worship ministry at your church, and I think it burns people out, and they're and they're gone. I think churches hire them, and then they realize, wow, this guy's like not as mature as you know we were hoping, and uh, but it's because we're not setting them up well. And I think that um, that is why this training and being hunger to grow. I think even like using like worship artistry uh, to learn your craft more. Um, are there any areas that you think? you'd recommend worship leaders for actually learning, for growing like the leadership pastoral part? Are there any books that you've read? Um, you know, I, I'll be honest. I'm not a, I'm not a huge book guy. I just mainly, I, mainly, I, I, I tend to skim. Cause I'm just like, just give me, give me all the main points and I'll, I'll soak that in. Um, but there are like some really good programs. Like um, Aaron Keyes does a thing called mirror worship, which is like yeah. a, a group of worship leaders that are doing online kind of mentorship um, sort of things. I, I think, I think being engaged with your, with your pastor is really important. You'll learn a lot. Like I, I, I can tell when songwriters write with a pastor because they just have this extra meaty thing that's going yeah. on in their music, <laughs> in their lyrics, you know, um, having that kind of input, deeper. I think is, I think is really, really important. And, and, you know, like, Honestly, the humility just goes so long. It just goes so far. Like if you can just be willing to be wrong and be willing to, yeah. to be a learner and just, yeah. because we, that's one, of the, one of the things that I think growing up as a musician, like everybody's so insecure. I say everybody, like not old guys like us. We're old and grizzled and we understand how it goes. But like, but like <laughs> there's so much insecurity in, in musicianship where musicians are always trying to puff up like the question isn't like 
oh man, that guy's awesome. I should learn from him. It's like, wait, am I better than him? Does he look better than me? How do I posture myself so that I'm not threatened by this other musician? So yeah. if we can actually keep a space of, of humility and just be like, man, I'm just here for everybody to win. Like, yep. you'll learn a ton just in, in life. <laughs> like, it'll be so much yeah. better. One book that I would recommend for people who are watching that want to grow in this area is a book by Bob Coughlin called Worship Matters. It's a really, really great book. I read it probably 10 years ago. And it's good. It gets to the heart of being a worship pastor. Pastor, not just a leader, but a pastor. We've got a question from Fernando. Oh, boy. Fernando asks, so at what point do you move on from Ron? How much attention do you put on Ron? Like, how long do you keep Ron around if he's resistant to growing? You know, I think, I think you have to say, like, if you lay out kind of, if you lay out clear expectations and then you actually hold them accountable to it, I think, I think a lot of times it's hard because, like, I think about myself in that situation. The, the attitude is like, kid, I've been here long before you got here and I'll be here long after you leave. Like, who are you to tell me what to do, right? Um, and it's intimidating because a lot of times that guy is an older guy, right? Like, yeah. And and we a we have to be. I want to say this too. We have to be careful not to get like jaded and disrespectful. We have to recognize that like the guy's seen life for a while, you know, um, or that gal. Like, like res- I'm still about respecting my elders. You know, I think that's important. Um, however if we have a team environment and we're trying to create a culture that says, this is what we're doing. Then I, you know, the, 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 my pastor always uses this phrase. He's like, he's like, listen, you can go to any church you want. Like, it's like a bus, but don't come to, don't, if you like, don't get mad that this bus is going to Vancouver and be like, no, I wanted to go to Seattle, you know, like get on the bus. That is the right thing for you. And so it's like, if you can say, Hey, you know, Ron, this worship team is, is this bus and we're going in this direction. It's okay for you to get off the bus. I want to give you the freedom to do it. I would love for you to stay and be on the bus, but the bus is going here. And if you're not willing to go there, like maybe it's time to, maybe it's time to, to yeah. step back, you know, and, and we can, I think giving, giving a choice, but just being really clear about your intentions. I just think a lot of people really struggle with just saying what they want to say. So being able to sit down and say, this is where we're going. You don't seem to want to go there. Yeah. So it's time to get off the bus. I, I was going to just say that I think if you're in a place where you're starting to question um, whether Ron, <laughs> are we going to move away from Ron? I would say that more likely than not, it is a relationship issue or a leadership issue more than it's a Ron issue. More likely mm-hmm. than not. If you haven't done if you haven't done the work to really build the relationship with Ron, because then Ron, he needs to be able to trust you, he needs to know your heart, that what what you're wanting to do. You have to, as a leader, and that's where the leadership part comes in, to mm-hmm. vision cast and be like, this is where we're seeing our worship ministry go. This is how we want worship to be at our church. This is how teamwork works. Like I think that's all that call comes in relationship, spending time with Ron. Uh, and then also leadership in like casting that vision and getting him on board with the why and not just like that it's a dictator like, hey, Ron, this is what we're doing now. Right. If you don't do these things, you're out. Um, 100%. And I think if he's still resistant, 
even after you've done all those things as far as just like building the relationship and casting the vision of the why, uh, then I think that it could be a wrong issue. But I would first point the blame at myself, I think, as the leader and be like, okay, there must be something wrong here as far as a leadership issue or a uh, relationship issue. I haven't done something right here with Ron. Well, and, and, I'll, and I'll just add to that. Like, I, I also agree with that fully. I, I was assuming you've already kind of had that point. Um, but you know what you'll find out? Like, if you have that relationship with Ron, I love this guy, Ron. There's, like, there's some guy like named Ron like watching this. It's just like, like oh, okay. Um, but the, but if you got Ron and you have built that relationship, when you, like, if you need to have the bus conversation, like Ron's probably going to be okay with it and recognize, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to be on this bus anymore, you know, and it's time to do something. It's time to do something else. We have people write us all the time, like from all different versions of this in this world, like in our Facebook group and stuff where it's just like, Hey, I got this, you know, I've had everything from, I've got this guy who doesn't. You know, I've had Ron to like, I feel like I'm being aged out of the worship team. Like nobody is helping me. Like, I don't think they want me here anymore. I don't think I have the skill, like feeling all that insecurity. And so it's like, we also have to be careful that we don't make Ron feel like, Ron, you don't fit here anymore. You're not wearing the right shoes, man. You know, like it's a different thing. Yeah. Well, Jason, I appreciate you taking the time just to hang out. And uh, to oh, talk about I'll this. Hang out with you anytime, Matt. Yeah, man. This stuff is uh, its interesting. It's complicated being a worship leader. It's complicated being a leader of people. And, you know, people on your team are all coming from different backgrounds, you know, different experience levels. Uh, they've maybe worked with previous worship leaders who, like, did things very differently. So you have to be gentle. I think you have to be just really, right. like, patient and just kind, you know? That gets a, that goes a long way. Yeah. Just being kind and gentle them. with people. <laughs> What did you say, Jason? I said, I said you have to love them. You know. Totally. Imagine that. <laughs> That's what we should be doing. That's yeah. the ultimate leadership. So, uh, Jason, thanks for joining us. Make sure you guys check out worshipartistry.com. It's a great place. A lot of um, great videos. And that's more of like the training of the musical aspect, learning how to become a right. better it's guitar very, player. Yep. It's technique. It's very, it's very, we, we do a lot of technique-based stuff there because the thought is, if you can do that, that's then out of your way. You know, that makes your life easier. That makes everybody's life easier. And you can really focus on the important step of leading people. That's always been the heart. Yeah, that's so good, man. Because you do need both. I mean, I know that we've talked a lot about, like, oh, you don't need the technique. But the, you have to, you do have to learn. It's, yeah. you, you can't lead worship without knowing <laughs> how to play guitar or, like, playing piano or sing or whatever. So you do have to learn that stuff, and you have to get better yes. at it. But we I were just saying that there's also it. other things. <laughs> that are maybe more important for the longevity of your worship ministry. So, right. Absolutely. Just that little caveat. Jason, thanks yeah. for joining us, man. Matt, thank you, man. It's been fun. Yep. See you later. Hey, guys. This is Matt McCoy. Thanks so much for tuning into today's podcast. We're trying to provide content that's really helpful and meaningful to you as a worship leader. So make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay tuned for more from the community.